Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Topic Thunder, episode 254, and uh, I don't even know that, that's probably not the right episode, you'll see the episode in the title, but uh, I'm alone today, and you know, it just seems, it seems appropriate that I am in this sad and lonely state, because pretty much reflects the way the first game of this series between the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder went, because uh, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad to start, uh, and it never got, never got better. Um, so Rockets won game one of the series, 123 to 108. Uh, James Harden was, of course, the highlight of this game with Russell Westbrook out with a quad injury. Still no update on uh, when he will be back. But in due time, I'm realizing there's a noise gate, and I'm just going to, here we go. There's going to be a little bit of static in the background, but, you know, deal with it. It just sounds awkward to me, and I'm hearing it back through my ears. But anyway, Harden with 17 points. Um, he did take a lot of shots, but he was also very efficient. He shot over 54% from the field. 46% from three, and that was pretty much reflecting how the rest of the Thunder, or the, excuse me, the Rockets did, especially not the Thunder. Uh, the Rockets had, uh, let's see, one, two, three players with at least seven three-point attempts, all above 40%. And then you had Eric Gordon, 33% with six-point attempts. And uh, P.J. Tucker, who was the center well, technically, Robert Covington was considered the center, but P.J. Tucker was pretty much the center, and he was 3-for-8 from deep. So three-point uh, shots were the, the theme of the night, to, to no to surprise of no one. Um, 52 attempts in total for them. Oklahoma City did not show a uh, similar story, with the exception of uh, a couple people, actually. Darius Baisley, for one, 3-of-4. And uh, I tweeted about this, but I think it's worth mentioning. Darius Baisley has quickly quickly become somebody that I consider a, uh, a shooter that when he takes any shot from three, I now assume it's going to go in. This is, I, this is, you know, kind of up where I consider Gallinari uh, and where I consider kind of Mike Muscala at this point, too. Those, they're all shooting to a level where if they take a shot I, and it's open, if it's, not, if it's an open shot, I assume it will go in. And that's pretty amazing from, uh, you know, where we saw Darius Baisley before uh, the bubble. I mean, he wasn't really 
an aggressive three-point shooter. He could definitely knock down a, a shot or two here and there. But, man, it's, it's just a breath of fresh air in a very stinky room that was tonight uh, for the Thunder. Breath of fresh air from Darius Baisley. Um, he does things. Darius Baisley does things. That's, that's my stance on him. Uh, the other person was Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson has been kind of dormant uh, for a while now, and uh, he kind of popped in here for a 15-minute period and knocked two, uh, two of three down. Uh, those were his only points, six points on the night. But, you know, it's, it's the cycle of the Terrence Ferguson life, you know? He, we see these games where he knocks down a couple, and we're like, he's, he's got it. He's going to be confident now. Here he comes, Terrence Ferguson on the way, and then he doesn't. So let's, it's good, but we'll wait. We'll see what happens there. But it's nice to see him get something going on. Um, Chris Paul at the beginning did, looked very odd, very unusual for his tenure here with Oklahoma City, not at all representing the type of offensive uh, leadership that we've seen from him. It felt like... Every play, and I mean the announcers mentioned this several times, but every play went down to five or so seconds before anyone started to make a move. It was basically just dribble around the perimeter, try to drive past your guy. If you don't drive past your guy, kick it back out, do the same thing again. If it doesn't work, take a three. And that's not a very good scheme unless you're the Rockets, which is their whole scheme. But that's not our scheme. That's Chris Paul does not typically do that. He's... You know, he gets people involved. He is capable of finding the empty spaces in the court and taking the mid-range shots. We weren't seeing a lot of that at the beginning. Um, and it was just weird. You have to wonder if it has something to do with playing his former team in the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe he's got something still with James Harden. I know there was some beef at the end of their time together, and maybe this playoff environment, as much as it's not really a playoff environment, Maybe he was trying to prove a point or something and got a little carried away, but it was just weird. Uh, he kind of settled down. He, he almost got a triple-double, actually, and in the second quarter, he had a nice little run that he helped start and finish. Uh, ultimately, didn't get them very close, but it was a, a nine-point run nonetheless. Um, so he settled down. He ended up with 20, 10, and 9. Uh, two steals as well. So, I mean, a really good night on the stat board. But, um, I don't know, I just felt... Uh, he just felt a little off for a pretty good portion of that first half. And then, you know, by the time he got settled down and by the time the team got kind of settled down, it was the point differential was just too much. We were down by... 20 points in the second quarter already, and uh, we just never really came back from there. So it was, it just was a, a tough game, and I waited to talk about this for a little bit, because I know this is going to be a topic of every other Thunder podcast that you listen to with this game recap, but I don't want to make it the focus um, you know, there were a lot of calls today in terms of fouls. Um, I don't really want to get into whether they were good or bad. I think, you know, there are so there's some bias involved there. 
regardless of the call, or I guess the quality of the call, the quantity of the calls was what upsets me because there are some plays where they could be a foul, but it's a 50-50 toss-up, and it felt like today a lot of those 50-50 toss-ups went in the direction of free throws, and to me that just doesn't feel like the way a playoff game should be run because then you get people in foul trouble, they have to come out, you don't use your normal rotations, you don't get to see the guys you normally would see if there wasn't this uh, these fouls happening, and I get it, they, they foul them, they should be in foul trouble if they, they foul them, I get all that. I just, I'm saying from a uh, perspective of wanting to see a good game, you get your guys fouled out, you're going to have your, you know, the B team come in to try to replace them, and then all your rotations get off, it's not going to be as good of a, of a basketball performance. And just watching free throws all day isn't fun either, just, uh, it, Everyone can agree to that. You don't. You'd rather watch people make some awesome shots from the court rather than just a, a million free throws. So it was, it was disappointing in that sense. And um, you know, I, I uh, don't consider myself someone an expert on whether or not something is a foul. Steve can probably attest to that more than I can. I'm, I'm just here as a, as a dumb, off the cuff fan. You know, I just want to. I just, I'm just here to be funny and be stupid, you know. Uh, Steve is more of the smart guy in this sense, and I think, you know, hopefully we can get him on and, uh, I mean, all the other guys on um, at some point in these playoff series to, to talk about that. But, you know, as far as playoff uh, environment goes, having a bunch of foul calls is not the way I want to see it go, regardless of the, whether they're right or wrong. So that was a little disappointing. So, you know, a few more highlights. Danilo Gallinari tied his playoff high, or playoff career high for points with 29. He was great. Probably one of the two more consistent players with Steven Adams, who had uh, 17 and 12. Um, Dennis just was not good tonight. He just wasn't. He didn't, he was turning the ball over. He didn't make a single three, which has happened now multiple times. Uh, so that's kind of something to watch out for. He was 3 of 12 from the field. He just wasn't good. And uh, Shea wasn't good either. He was 2 of 8. So when you've got two of your three guards in this, uh, what's considered the quote-unquote death lineup, shooting 25% uh, apiece with 20, point, or 20 field goals attempted total, that's not going to cut it. And any facet. So, I mean, that's, what are you going to do? You know, you just didn't, they didn't make their shots today. So, Gallinari also had a block, so credit him to that. Um, like I said, James Harden, 37 points, also had 11 rebounds. I mean, he was, it was vintage Harden, you know. They just didn't have enough, uh, manpower on the floor, and part of that could be attested to Lou Dort being out for game one. Um, if you read between the lines, it seems like he's, he'll be available for game two. It almost felt like game one was to just be as precautious as possible, so hopefully he's back. Um, not really sure how to read the, 
the injury on Russell Westbrook right now. I imagine it'll be another game, though, especially with uh, with them taking a 1-0 lead. I think they'll be a little more lenient or, relax, uh, you know, less uh, worried about getting him back as soon as possible and letting him rest as long as he can to get as close to 100% as possible. And uh, that game will be on Thursday, whether or not Westbrook is in it. Uh, we have an early game, which is not good for you uh, working 9-to-5 folk in the United States. Uh, for those of you in Australia, it probably works out pretty well. I don't know how the time difference works in my head, but I know we have a lot of Australia fans and New Zealand fans out there, so um, you might be in luck. But for us working folk in the United States, you're going to have to pull up a computer on the side or have your phone you know, tucked away somewhere where your boss can't see it. I don't know. Do what you got to do. But it is a 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon game on ESPN. Uh, and yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention as well. You know, I, I mentioned this on the social media apps as well. But listen, guys. I probably should have prefaced this whole episode with this. I, I apologize. If you made it to this point, thank you for sticking through the crap. But let me... Let me end the thunder talk on a lighter note, or a happier note. First of all, Rockets have the home court advantage. They, they were the home team. So you have to consider that. And you're going to say, oh, Matt, it's in Orlando, blah, blah, blah. Orlando, Orlando, okay? Rockets were the home team. It's hard to beat the Rockets when they're the home team. Just plain and simple. Look at the stats. Can't argue with that. And the second thing is a tweet I saw from at Loud City Matt, and I uh, down to dunk retweeted it and caught my attention. He had three things, and uh, I only remember two of them, so the third one must not have been that important to me. But he said to remember these things while we're getting, you know, beaten by the Rockets. First of all, we weren't supposed to be here. 0.2% chance to make the playoffs to start the season. We were not supposed to be here. We were supposed to be a team that traded away Chris Paul and potentially Gallinari, got more picks, and just tanked. We ended up getting to the trade deadline thinking about potentially buying at some point. We were a completely switched from all-out sell to we might sell Gallinari, but we could also buy because we're in the four to six range of the playoff seating. So we didn't trade Chris Paul because we, you know, that there was nobody that was going to take him for as high as he deserved as far as assets because he played so well. So that's why we kept this team together, and that's why we made the playoffs. 0.2% chance. And secondly... We have all of Houston's picks. All the pressure is on Houston right now to win. They have to win right now. They have, they have gone all in on winning now. They traded all of their picks for the next four to five years to get Russell Westbrook in his prime still and put together as many shooters as they can around him and just see if they can get a championship. And that's that has a ticking time bomb on it because Westbrook will not be the prime Westbrook. That's hard to say really fast. Prime Westbrook. 
Uh, he won't be that in probably three years, maybe even two, depending on, you know, health and uh, getting lucky and staying away from injuries because he relies so much on his athleticism. We've seen he can't really make a, a you know, have a consistent three-point shot. I'm not ruling it out because he can just pull anything he want out of his bag at any point. You know, he became an elite rebounder basically over an offseason. Uh, but right now, he's, he relies a lot on his athleticism, and that's not going to stay for very long. That's one of the first things that goes when you're a, a professional basketball player. So there is a window for Houston. When that window closes, that, that is when we reap the benefits of these picks, these pick swaps and their picks. So there's a lot to consider there and a lot of good things to consider despite the fact that today was not what we expected. Relative to what the season was, you know, prior to the playoffs it was disappointing, but you look at it in the totality of everything that's gone on since the Paul George Westbrook trade, we're still in a great spot. We are in the playoffs as a 4-5 or five matchup and there's still at least three games left and I would argue many more. I still think this is going to go six. So the Thunder will win at least two games. I still think this is going to go in six. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think it's going to six. And that's that's all I got on the Thunder. Kind of looking around the league a little bit. Um, the one thing that caught a lot of people's attention was the Mavs-Clippers game, which I was watching. Just a disappointing... This is kind of related to, you know, what I was talking about with the Thunder and Rockets with the, all the fouls, but more so in the technical foul range. Two really bad technical fouls on Porzingis changed that game because he was ejected. Um, the Mavericks looked really good in the first half. They were winning. Uh, like, if you took out the first two to three minutes where the Clippers went on a huge run, the Mavericks dominated that entire first half. Offensively, they were amazing. Luka is just so awesome to watch. Like, he just puts passes in places that are incredible. So I just love watching him play. But then, you know, second half, the, the second, uh, the two technical fouls, they, they get called and Porzingis is gone. The whole, the whole momentum changes. And, of course, the Clippers do end up winning. So I just was a little upset by that. I mean, it is a 2-7 seed. But again, it's the bubble. Anything could happen. There's no home court advantage at this point, except for when it's Houston. Uh, Denver went to overtime. Donovan Mitchell just went off. 50, <clears throat> excuse me, 57 points, and nobody else got 20. So just absolutely no help. Mike Conley is out of the bubble for family emergencies. He came back in, I think, today. So. I think Donovan Mitchell is just looking at his watch, waiting for him to get in the in the arena because he did not have any help whatsoever. And I just I feel bad for that guy. He played a great game. He was flirting with a 60-point triple-double, which is just insane. That's like Westbrook status. But yeah, I mean, shout out to Donovan Mitchell single-handedly taking on the Nuggets and almost winning in overtime. Uh, so, yep, the Nuggets won. Uh, Toronto beat the Nets. Boston beat the Sixers. 
uh, oh, and then of course today the Magic beat the, the Bucks in the, in Orlando leads the series one to zero. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but if the Bucks lose in the first round, that would be something. It would be, it would be, uh, oh gosh, I blinked on his name, Dirk. It would be Dirk all over again. Gosh, that'd be so funny. Having to see Giannis go and get his MVP trophy and just up there being like, yeah, great team. We lost in the first round to the Orlando Magic. And they don't even have uh, Jonathan Isaac. I think that's who it is, right? Who uh, season-ending injury. Pretty sure. I mean, Vucevic and who else? Right, like Terrence Ross, I guess. I forgot that happened today, but yeah, the the Magic won, and uh, currently it is halftime with Portland and the Lakers, a one point lead for Portland, which is also a one eight seed. So this bubble may get interesting. This get could get very interesting. Um, gosh, if the Lakers and the Bucks didn't make it and the Clippers got out at some point. What absolute chaos the NBA Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals are going to be. You could see like a seven seed, five seed matchup. Absolutely insane. So that's where we are today. Uh, as I mentioned, we have until Thursday to play our game two. Tomorrow is the same slate of games as Monday. They're just going back and forth every other day, so you can kind of set your watch to it. Um, the night game again is going to be the Clippers and Mavs, which I'm excited about. I think I'm going to tune into that for sure. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully we have more peeps on next time. Uh, so stick around. We're going to have an episode every game. We had stuck to the two times a week schedule for the most part. We apologies to all of you who are waiting for episodes and you know just didn't see them or didn't get them because. That's on us. We there's been a lot going on. People are having babies, uh, getting new, starting a new job. It's just been chaotic. So, bear with us. Uh, but what I will promise you is there will be an episode every day, even if I have to do it by myself, because I want I want this to be as consistent as possible. And uh, you know, life happens. Life gets in the way, but we'll make it work. So until next time. Be sure to wash your hands for the coronavirus. Go out there and vote when it is time to vote. Absentee ballots are almost due. There is a deadline that happens tomorrow. Go check out OKC Thunder's Twitter page because they mentioned it, and I forget what it is now. But go, go see that. It's about voting. Voting is important any year. Be sure to hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.